everybody happy Sunday night. Uh, it's a weird one as we're not typically recording on Mondays as we usually do, but because of the national championship tomorrow, which I will absolutely be watching every second of, we are recording this evening. Uh, but this is Across the Pitch for those who have not seen us before. My name is Mike Barrera. We have Jose Nunez and Dave Miller to my side. Dave, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, I mean, I'm good. I mean, it's been a long weekend. I mean, obviously, yesterday didn't help at all. Uh, we'll get on to that in a bit, but yeah, I think, you know, just ready to talk some unions, you know, look forward to what could be a long, another long evening or a Tuesday night. Well, speaking of Tuesday night, Jose, you will be my date that evening. How are you doing, Jose? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well, much like uh, Dave mentioned. Um, just another crappy weekend, I guess, for the union in a way. It's it's unfortunately becoming all too common this season, but really excited about Tuesday. And maybe this is the tournament we're focusing on, but uh, really excited to be with you, Mike. I'm uh, going to be meeting up with you, got you my ticket, and uh, you're going as a fan uh, through and through. So should be a fun time. Yes, I've seen you at the stadium probably about four or five times at this point. We never actually sat together, though, so that's going to be a fun new change of pace. Um, for those of you who are unable to watch the these Union games so far or have or missed the match, uh, unfortunately, we had a 0-0 draw against Sporting Kansas City, which, Dave, I know you kind of hinted at possibly being the uh, outcome uh, when we recorded last week, but <sighs> the first 45 minutes of that, of that game maybe – one of the worst halves I've seen in a long time from Philly. I mean, really a long time. Um, the, I mean, for one, we had the, the massive rain delay, right? About an hour or so delay. So it flows, it throws off the flow of the evening, but poor passing, poor communication, um, just a sense of lostness, lack of confidence. As Jim Curtin mentioned in the press conference, they seemed afraid to play the first half. These are his words, not mine. They seemed afraid. They weren't brave enough. Um, a lot of a lot of eye-opening moments in that game. But Jose, uh, I know you weren't at the game, but I want to shoot it to you first. What were your impressions from that from the match? At least specific at the first forty-five minutes. You know, I think you can break up the first forty-five in maybe two portions, right? At the first ten, maybe fifteen tops, uh, and then the rest. Where it seemed like the first 10, 15 minutes, we were actually able to see why we love Martinez, why we love Gastag, why we like Carranza. Uh, we were stringing together passes. We were moving forward. Uh, we didn't have Flock looking lost in the middle of the field, uh, trying to you know be on top, of, uh, right above, I should say, Glessness and Elliott, uh, which congratulations to Glessness. I think he just set the mark for the most consecutive starts uh, for certainly a union player, but I think any player. I, I can't remember. It was like 78 consecutive starts or something like that. <clears throat> nonetheless the first 10 15 minutes we could i could tell and i was telling my wife um you know unfortunately wasn't able to go just wow we really missed those guys yep. but then after those first 10 15 minutes it just quickly devolved <laughs> into probably back to 2014 2013 philadelphia union soccer uh just a just a very difficult game to watch um but uh kick it over to you dave what were your thoughts i mean having traveled to barrow early in the day and seen Gillian conceded a 94th minute goal to lose the game. I mean, I don't think the football I would consume on my Saturday evening could get any worse. And it did. It was. <laughs> and I've um, one thing to say, thank you, Jose, actually, because I didn't realize. So I went, I, I went upstairs like a couple of minutes just to get ready whilst the union game was on, like get like, ready for bed or whatever. And I didn't realize that my, um, my stream was five minutes behind. So and Jose like, messaged in our group chat. I was like, ooh, I was come off after 70 minutes. I was like, I'm in this like the I'm like I'm in like the 65th. What the hell? So I thank you for saving five minutes of my time of like having to watch that game. Another five minutes. So I thank you for that. Um, it just wasn't. <laughs> it was just uninspired. It just yeah. Again, teams. I, I think it was all addressed in the um, Kansas City press conference. Like, teams have an idea of what they got to do when they come to Philadelphia. Like it's so when the team plays the exact same way for three to four seasons you know the intensity of how they're going to play you know what to expect and right. teams are now knowing what to do when they either when they're at home and it's a union or when they travel and the union like a team that when they have to take control of a game and dominate a game they can't do it they look lost um and again when teams i know we union again a very counter-attacking team and what we saw last year was the outbreak of pace with two three four 
players, you know, breaking forward, you know, with you know, like Gazda, Carranza, maybe Wagner and Baizone or Badoy. And you'd have like three great four on fours, two on twos, three on twos. Teams are now sitting more men back when they have possession to try, which counteracts that. When you do break forward, it immediately breaks down because you've got Uwa on a one on four, on a one on three, or a four on two. And it just doesn't match up. And teams now know how to defend. We've seen that. Over the um, over the last few games, really, we just haven't. There's not been any f- real fluidity in the, terms of the attack and the way the Union really attacked attack games. Even Montreal, I mean, apart, uh, you know, it took him about forty minutes to get going, and then obviously when the Union did go, when the Union did sort of get some cohesiveness, they put, scored two goals, and then right. you know, things then fell to crap. Obviously, Kranza got sent off, and that was probably about half an hour. And to be honest, that's probably the best half an hour the Union probably played all year. And in terms of attacking wise, it's just. It doesn't look right, and I think it, 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 something needs to be addressed. Well, so uh, there's a, a handful of things to touch upon before the game even started. So for one, uninspired Dave, right, I believe is the word you used. I, I've heard a lot of different words being thrown around on Twitter, Facebook, uninspired, unmotivated, confused. Um, not words you want to describe the union. But if, uh, typically, after each match, we do a post-match press conference thread on Twitter, just to kind of recap what Jim is saying, because they don't televise, I don't think, anywhere. Uh, but before Curtin went on, uh, Peter Vermes, the uh, Sporting Kansas City manager, was on the stand, and they asked him, you know, is, it, is the book out on Philadelphia? He gave a very professional answer, but the one thing he mentioned, which Dave, you kind of hinted at as well, is the intensity, right? If you, if you come in here playing intense, you can kind of counteract what the union are going to do. So it, it's – when I saw that lineup yesterday, and I guess for those, again, who missed the game, Kai Wagner was not in the match. Um, Jim said it's a grade, grade one hamstring. It was the first hamstring of his MLS career or his career in general. They said that the way he reacted in training made it seem like it was a lot worse than what it actually was, but it's actually pretty simple. He looks like he's doing okay. He might play Tuesday, as in two days from now, so that's optimistic that it's probably a lot better than we um, than he thought originally. So Kai Wagner was out. The lineup was then uh, Andre Blake, who played well. Uh, we'll talk about Andre in a bit, too. And then we had Matt Real, Elliot, Glessness, Harriel, Flock, Brujo, Bedoya, Gazdag, Ua, Carranza. I was not pleased by that lineup at all, both before the match and during the match and after the match. So, Jose, please w- w- pretend you're Jim Curtin and the coaching staff. Why does that lineup make sense and why doesn't it make sense? I, I, I hate these type of exercises. I really do. Uh, but I you know. can't help but to question, you know, what are we thinking here? What is the logic? I like to think that Jim and his staff have an idea of, of why and, and, and how they're going to do things. Um, but I can, I don't know how you reward Leon a start after the performance that he put up the game prior. Uh, still scratching my head a lot, a little bit about Matt Real and sure he's been a loyal servant to the club, uh, both at the union two level and, uh, with us over the years and then the, the uh, main squad, but just confused overall, you know, such a bummer about Kai. I hope he comes back for Tuesday. We're certainly going to need him, no matter how poor. And, and I haven't really caught up with Atlas. I know they played Chivas over the weekend and I'm not sure how that game went. So I got to catch up on that, but um, we're going to need a, a really strong squad. I think we're in the quarterfinals. I think this is where we turn it on. We're not just sending, you know, the B squad to, to see what they can do or the kids as we called it back in the day. Um, but just a <laughs> really bizarre, really, really bizarre uh, lineup. And I just, I just don't know what to make of it. And, and the reasoning, right. I, Matt Real of all people, you know, like him, <laughs> but n- nonetheless, I, it happened. I, it, it was a game, a game was played and very little of anything happened. <laughs> So again, we just saw like, again, one thing that really struggled was the San Jose sort of really packed the middle of the park, which I sort of, again, they sort of addressed and how whenever we, when the Union tried to switch the ball, they would have at least one player flowing to try and cross over for the fullbacks. But I think with the system the Union play, 
and again, like you don't play much width, so the importance of your fullbacks being good going forward is vital. Right. And the fact that Jim played again, I mean, Matt Real, he did his job. He didn't really let much get past him. But again, I think when you have Kai Wagner, who is probably one, is probably the best left back in the MLS, is one of the best left, well, probably a very, a very good attacking left back. I'm not being funny when you are when you haven't got um, Kai. You need to start living in Barzo to have some sort of offensive production Thank on you. the width, yes. on the out wide. So have someone that can, you know, you will push forward and create something. Okay, then Matt Real can be a bit more deeper and be a bit more defensive. But I just again, it just makes no sense when you've got no width and just to play so narrow as you do, it just doesn't make any sense. And again, we'll get onto I'm sure the seventieth minute, which has become a tradition for the for Union fans not just over this season, probably like the last four years. With you know Sergio Santos, but it just again when you play with such a narrow system, and you want your fullbacks are so important in terms of what they can do going forward, I and mean, you don't have your best, arguably your best attacking player in terms of the like his output, you need to put your attacking right back as opposed to no respect to Nate. Nate he's a very good defensive right back, but right. doesn't offer much going forward. And then when you also have more defensive players like Leon Flack on the left as well, it sort of limits what you can. What you can, really can produce, and it was just such a, it was such a poor attacking performance, and just you could see it lacked from the, you know, the lack of depth they had that wide. So to 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 answer your question, Jose, which is what I was about to say, it was a three three draw between Chivas and Atlas. So that's they were pretty active. Um, Dave, spot on. I looked at that lineup and I just thought, where is this offense going to come out of from the midfield? Because or even just from, from either side, because if, if you have Leon and Matt Real, who both look lost going forward, what what help do you have for Ua and Carranza, really? Or even Gazdog, right? And then if that's how you're going to go on the left, then are you relying very heavily on Bedoya to then lead the offense from the right? Because, again, Nathan is just not Olivier's – you know, the, he's not the same player as Olivier. So I, I I I questioned I questioned why Pereira didn't get the start on the left, just to make up for the fact that uh, Kai was out of the game, and then not to mention the subs go on throughout the match. We have, as Dave alluded to, the infamous 70th minute. Before we that, we had McGlynn come on for Flock. I thought. McGlynn played fine. I thought he had an excellent cross to Carranza, which could have been put in the back of the net. It was a good defense by by Sporting Kansas City. But you get Ua coming in, coming off at the 70th minute again. He gets replaced by Quinn Sullivan, which is fine. But now there's no excuse of he was sick. You know, he was throwing out the day before. Carranza hasn't done anything since the first week of the season. Ua has at least scored. He's at least experienced. He has a great skill set. There is no excuse at all for Michael to come off at the 70th minute when you have to win this game, when the team has looked so poor for the entire match. (laughs) Jose, I know you were upset by it. So what did you think when Ua came off the field? You two are my witnesses. I have been talking about this since, you know, sure – he came partly through the season or maybe, I don't know, when he came in last year. Uh, was it towards the beginning of the season? I can't remember. Yeah. <clears throat> but we continue to talk about, you know, exter- uh, external players uh, or, 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 you know, non-domestic players coming into the league and having to acclimate to humidity, having to acclimate to, to the American way of life, etc. The American way, MLS way of playing uh, soccer, which is physical, fast, um, etc. We gave them a break. Right. Yeah. At least I thought we did. Some of us did. Uh, I, I continue to question why is this guy coming off at the 70th minute, halfway through the season, three quarters through the season? And I thought, okay, maybe it's the gas tag treatment. Not that Daniel was coming off or anything, but we just need to give him some some time to adjust and settle, etc. This season, there is no reason why our highest paid player needs to come off at the 70th minute if he is capable of finishing the game. Like what, what is going on with him? And I know we talked, we, we, we uh, talked about it in the group chat, but our reporters, the, the, the Tannenwalds and the Tansies of the world. And I'm sorry to be putting names on blast, but are, are, are they too chicken shit to ask Jim? Like Jim, what's going on with Ua? 
I don't know that he's really ever finished more than a handful of games, full 90 minutes. I can't, <laughs> I can't think of many, if any, and I'm going to have to do some, some researching and whatnot. But even if we're talking about this season and sure, Jim could probably lean on rotation, CCL. the density of the games, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But can we ask him? Like, can can someone raise their hand? Like, I, I'm looking forward to uh, attending one of the pressers, and especially one of the pressers where Ua comes off at the 70th minute, just to raise my hand and ask that question because I just <laughs> I can't wrap my head around why our highest paid a highest paid player who is our <laughs> striker, and more often than not, we're chasing games or trying to get ahead in games. It's coming off at the 70th minute for a kid, either a Donovan or a Quinn. No offense to either two of them. But they are no Mikel Ua in terms of experience and in terms of value as well as how much they're getting paid. So rant over. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> so can I I'm just go kind of allude to the fact, I mean, look at, look at the games we've played so far. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but like the Union really couldn't have had like a more ideal start to the season in terms of opponents. So Chicago, we know, aren't the best of teams. Miami, again, have looked a bit better this year. You know, but I mean, how in the world? Look at these league tables. Not trying to bottom the Eastern Conference. They scored three goals in five games. All three <laughs> goals came against the Union. Yeah. They lost. Okay, red card. I don't care. Sport and Kansas City have scored two goals in their first five games, whatever. Why are we playing afraid of Sport and Kansas City? Exactly. Why is Jim. It's, I don't care. Bring Matt Real off and bring Quinn Sullivan on. Keep two strikers a friend. You need to win the game. These are the games. These are the layup games that you should be getting, picking up points and building up, building upon. And I mean, again, like, it looks like at this moment in time, uh, Yakun Torres isn't a player that this team can rely upon to make an impact because, again, he was got awful when he came on. He kills yeah. two count, he kills two attacking movements with just trying to do skin and fancy stuff. Okay, fine, you're three in the lap, try it. We saw it when you win 3 1 against Columbus. Don't try and do a, a little fancy backheel pass when you have got you've got the overload on the right, which then killed the momentum. And then they had he got the ball in space and he had a, he had time to take a touch, you know, try and perhaps pick out a shot. He's trying to do an outside the foot chip of the goalkeeper, which just comes to nothing. It's sort of like, okay, great, he's gonna be an exciting player and you're leading games. But now obviously we were talking about could this be a guy that could inspire you to, you know, come off the bench and get a goal? He's okay. He did that against Chicago, which was really, really fortunate goal. But apart from that, what has he, what has he done in these cameos when he's come on? He he was uninspiring against Inter Miami when he came on. He didn't. It, it's just again the subs just lacking. They just lack sense. Why are you bringing off your striker? Like it would have made, I would, it would have made more sense if uh, no, that Chris Chris Donovan didn't score goals. But at least you got height around the goal, around the right. penalty area. You got two players up front as opposed to then going. San Jose are probably looking at licking their lips, going, "Oh, excellent! They've gone, they've gone for one up front. We can have double mark Carranza and just pat in the field even more." Which is then just becomes you're playing more narrow. And you've got less, you've got less of a sort of a target in the penalty area, and it just doesn't make any sense. And what does it say to your? Your big designated player, which was your big marquee signing last season, you know, the guy that's going to take the MLS by storm and score 30 plus goals this season. Um, do you know listen, what I mean? Like, listen, Dave Val is not happy about your. Thanks for joining us, Val. Go ahead, Dave. It's all right. So I keep getting Kansas and San Jose mixed up. They just have very similar badges whenever I look at no, them. That's okay. Kansas, <laughs> it, it, they're such. It, it, I'm just, oh, it just doesn't make any sense why. What does that do for Mikel Ua when he looks at, when because we look at the game he's come off in as well. He's come off at two 0 down into Miami. Yeah. He's come off at no one against Chicago. He's come off. Um, you know, he came off last week at two uh, one against Orlando. Okay, he was ill, but still, and he came off at no one again this week. He didn't start either of the CCL games when if it would have made more sense to bring him off and play him in that. He didn't start either of those. What does that What does that say about Jim Curtin's confidence to him? In terms of like in, mentally, what does that say to him about what your he- your head coach's belief in you? That he thinks, okay, you're not going to go find a winning goal for me, or I don't believe that you can play the full ninety minutes. It's going to get to a point where it's going to come to a head, and it's before you have an aneurysm, Dave. Let's also back up. Those are right? good points, by the way. Those, go are, ahead, those, those yeah, are great those are, points. Those are great points. <laughs> what does? And I've been a stand for him. I'll admit it. What does Perea like think? Right, <laughs> like. We need to be <laughs> we're tied zero zero against the most inept team in the league right now of Kansas City. If I'm Perea, I'm like, dude, 
throw me in. Like, take out Flock, throw me in, and let's just go flat. Or maybe let's just throw in another attacker, make it a three, whatever, whatever, whatever. Let's just go all for it. Uh, obviously, yeah. Kansas City hardly had any chances all game. <clears throat> and what they did have were either dribblers back to Blake, or I, I can't think of any, you know, they the, real. They had the one header. header. They had the one header point blank. He missed. Okay. God, I think Bagada missed it. Beyond that, I don't, I don't, I don't remember of anything. So why not go for it? And I don't know. Keep the striker that you paid a ton of money for. That's supposed to, as Dave mentioned, take the league by storm. I don't know, man. Well, it's, like, it's um, it's funny you say the the go for it, right, Jose? And Jim Curtin mentioned that in the press conference the contagiousness of confidence and fear, right? <laughs> Playing afraid, not going for it, not being brave. The same could be said for him for not going for it, for not pushing it sooner. And also, Jose, I'll double back on the on the Michael Uwa comment you made. So I believe we've asked him. I know I haven't. I know I know somebody has asked him last year about Michael Uwa's minutes. I don't know if we're gonna if they're gonna be asking him again this year. Maybe they just expect the same answer. So I know somebody I know somebody stepped up and did it last year, just to defend my fellow media members. But. Um, the confidence thing for me, I know I was talking to Billy, Billy Myers on Twitter today, and he mentioned, is this where Pat Noonan would have been useful in, in the coaching staff? Does somebody have to step up and be voice to Kurt and say, hey, listen, this isn't working right now. What you're doing every wh- – where's the communication with the coaching staff? Because if I'm seeing this game after 45 minutes, why am I coming out of the locker room the same exact way? There's no, there's no reason why Leon should have been in the in the starting lineup for the second half. Absolutely none. I don't know what Perea has to do to earn minutes, even 15 minutes. I know we play on Tuesday night. I know he's probably going to start on Tuesday night. He can't play 15 minutes against Kansas City to give us a goal. It doesn't make any sense. And you're right, Dave. The confidence thing about Michael. If I was if I was Michael playing every single game. And I knew within the 65th and 70th minute, regardless of how I played, I was going to get taken off. I'd be kind of frustrated. I would. I'd be upset. I wouldn't be upset. I'd be more. Oh, I'm capable. You know what's? Why can't I just finish this game? It's not like, like again. It's not like Carranza's playing out of his mind. Carranza has been far from what we saw last year. Go ahead, Dave. But again, it should be saw it with Sergio Santos as well. I mean, again, obviously but, Sergio but had Sergio his injury. Sergio Santos had the injuries, but yeah, go I know ahead. Sergio had the injuries, yeah. but again, like he, he, even when Sergio was having a really good game and his pace was causing teams issues, yeah. Sergio would come off and it would just completely kill the momentum. And I know perhaps Mikel hasn't been amazing, and you know perhaps Mikel you know, hasn't been as great as he has been in games. Obviously, the Montreal one's probably one that sticks out, but again, the lack of service that he gets in attack as well. I mean. It just, it's very difficult for a striker, you know, when you're playing against two or three defenders on your own to really, I mean, yeah, really have an impact. And again, I think the way, I think really also was concerning about the team on Tuesday, on Saturday against Kansas, was the fact they couldn't string more than three passes together without oh, losing the ball. God. It was yeah. just misplaced pass after misplaced pass after misplaced pass. And you just sort of, you just sort of saw them, the energy in the stadium just really, 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 um, just, you know, just the life of the stadium just suck out every single time as a misplaced pass went through. And I think we saw it a few times. Obviously, Leon was uh, one of the culprits. It was just con- consistent. I mean, and I think again, as Jim's also alluded to, it's the confidence of the team. Like, players just aren't getting their heads up playing on the playing on the half turn. I think there was a couple of times where Gazdag on Saturday, well, yesterday, had the chance you know, to play the ball in the half turn, turn into space. He had. You know, players on the right who were in space, he could have gone towards goal. And he was playing his back to goal, taking the touch and going backwards. And the union was going backwards as opposed to looking forwards. And it's just such negative play. And it just doesn't, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, it just looks uninspired. They don't look yeah. confident in what they're doing. And if that's down, obviously, I don't want to say it's down to coaching. It's probably a lack of confidence in themselves. But I mean, at some point, something's got, you're going to have, if this carries on going, you've got to change something. And if, it's the system that Ernest Tanner has, you know, built this team team on, and this is his, you know, his vision. So be it. His vision has to change because I mean, even if you go to a back five, you go to a four-two-three-one, you actually play with some winners, quite some more width. You know, it, something needs to change. The, the approach needs to change because it's not. 
it, it, it's clearly teams are now catching on to it. When you do end up playing the better teams, you know, the LAFCs, the Austins, even St. Louis, the teams are going to pick the Union apart. But even with even if we stay with the four four two, Dave, it's like the players just aren't 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 the right fit for it right now. No. They're just not. They're not good enough anymore. It's just, if anything, I feel like Leon regressed since last year because there was parts last time where he made some decent runs. He had a good couple cutbacks. I mean, he wasn't playing out of his mind, but right now he had one pass early on. It was just like he just couldn't get enough height on the cross, and it just went right to the middle of the pitch. And it was just like, well, what what good is that going to do us? Even yeah. um, what was it? Uh, there was one play with Michael where he gets a good ball, he makes a good run, he, and then he's by himself. It's just him against five Kansas City players. And even the commentators were like, where's his help at? Where, there's not a single dark blue jersey for 15 yards. <laughs> what, do you, what is he supposed to do by himself? He can't do anything out there. But, I mean, Jose, what, what um, I feel like we're just going in a circle with this ranting, but it's, it's kind of good to get it off our chest. What no, do you think is going to happen on Tuesday? Go ahead. No, it's to your point of, you know, Mikel finding himself surrounded by five, uh, what are they, light blue jerseys this past game, uh, Kansas uh, light blue jerseys. Um, that should be more of a Karanta thing, right? I, I, I think we can all agree that Mikel's Ua's strength is to be fast yeah. <laughs> and, and speed past people. And obviously his finishing is pretty good, uh, at least I thought. <laughs> um, so, you know, is that supposed to be more of a Carranza role? Is he supposed to be the holdup player to then pass it back to the midfield to then ping it over the the line so Mikel can just be pure diesel down and 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 run it down, etc. <clears throat> I don't know, but I don't know. I confidence is not high for Tuesday. As much no. as much fun as I'm gonna have with you in the parking lot and at the game. Brother, you could have confidence. fun with me. You could have fun with me at a funeral. I'm just saying. I'm a, I'm a party, <laughs> let me tell you. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, confidence is not high with this team for Tuesday, and uh, I'll we'll be there, nice and loud, and 140 with the rest of the guys and and gals, KSU, and and other people are surrounding the area. But man, we can only do so much, right? We can't we can't play the game for these guys. Whatever Jim decides to throw out, and I'll be <laughs> I'll be really interested uh, because as I mentioned in the group chat the worst scenario possible actually happened this weekend, right? Where we played yes. mostly all of our starters, ran them to the ground with a pivotal quarterfinal game at the first leg at Subaru Park where we have to win by at least one or two, uh, certainly one, but two ideally, to then go to Mexico and try to sneak away from 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 there with a win and go into the semifinal. So confidence is not high, Mike. I'll tell you that much. No, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna touch on something before I, I go to Dave. Um, I you mentioned the running down these players, right? Like, what? I wonder if Kai's hamstring is a little bit off because of how much he's been playing. He's been playing every single match. I mean, he really has. I don't know how Bedoya is even functioning after playing every single game that he's been able to. I mean, credit to him, because he, he still goes out there and plays like a 90 minutes. It's actually kind of impressive. Um, he's, but, he's on the field for 90 minutes. Let's just be real. He's on yeah. the field for 90. You know, it's I've seen it probably about four or five times already this season where um, either Brujo or somebody else will, will give him a, a ball down the line, and he just can't get to it. Now, granted, sometimes the balls are a little bit too far, but you feel like somebody like you know Quinn would have been able to get to those balls, or at least get there sooner. Um, to give it a, a better <laughs> chance. So I, I, I worry that, honestly, that Jim is killing this team, and it's not even May yet, you know? We're still just starting April out. And I don't know what this lineup's going to look like on Tuesday. I don't. What they needed to do on Tuesday was kick the shit out of Kansas City within the first five, five minutes, rest everybody, and then come back strong on on Tuesday. But instead, they played a game where they basically ran an extra five miles because they kept turning the ball over. Like crazy. And that's only going to exhaust you even more, which is what Jim mentioned in the press conference as well. So, Dave, uh, you're Jim Curtin on Tuesday. What is his lineup looking like? Um, I mean, the thing is, you've got, he's going to have to be a bit more cautious about it because Atlas are a team that are clearly going to cause the Union issues. I think I was just going to mention, I mean, in terms of the way that Union do play in the MLS, especially at home against these, you know, so-called weaker teams like Kansas City, uh, Montreal, like, the Union should be looking to 
play more possession based to try and stay on top of the game and you know try something else because again like so if the union came out and try and dominate the ball, you know, push, like actually try and keep, keep teams pinned inside their half, you know, that would catch teams out. Teams would be shocked. I mean, they're so used to the same things over and over again. Of course, you know, as games go on, the union sort of can take over games, but I think they need a different approach. Of course, I I would not be shocked at all if he plays the exact same team that started on Saturday. I mean, how? Again, but Steve, how can you do? <laughs> Well, listen, for the same for the same reason he plays Ali Bedoya for 30, uh, 45 games in a season at 35 years old in the field. And as you sort of said, that might maybe that is half the issue is when you know when these the squad rotation. I mean, again, the great it's great that your best players can, you know, stay fit for the majority of the season. That's great, but sometimes players need a rest. Players right. need to get fresh legs. And I mean, yeah, it's it's good when you do see Ali out the lineup, and you know he's getting a little break. But I mean, like, when was the last time Kai Wagner actually missed a game apart from this these last couple for injury? Like, he got suspended. No, he got suspended one game last year, I think. Of I believe so, it was the end of the year. That was that was it. That's the last time I can yeah. remember him missing. A so match. like, so like he's never essentially he's never been not dropped, but he's never been rested off his own accord. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like it, these players are consistently playing every single week, and that's another thing. Like. Teams know who's going. Teams know exactly who's going to play position for position as well. Um, oh, sorry, um, just going into Valerie's comment here, Mike. If you could get that yeah, up, yeah, I'm bringing up right now. Yep. Why is the best team in the league no longer the best team in the league? I mean, again, it, it's a team that has failed to adapt or failed to, you know, you know, it's a team that essentially it's a team that's failed to adapt. I mean, look at teams like NAFC. You know, they make changes in, in the transfer windows. They bring in fresh players. They change the style of play. They change the way they want to play, and they rotate their lineup. It makes teams, you know, it makes teams question how you're actually going to play. And again, Jose, did you again failing to evolve, Jose? Uh, yeah, I mean wholeheartedly. And and you know, we 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 wax poetic about how great it, or uh, certainly the media did uh, about how great it was to bring 92% of all the mids from last year that was being uh, sung and, and honestly yelled from the rooftops by every pundit, which in a league that has a lot of movement, both, you know, domestically and international players, it's rare, but yeah. Is that our Achilles heel? The fact that we remain the same and our style of play is picked apart and, and picked up by everybody else? I don't know. It's it's neither here nor there. It's interesting. But one thing is for sure that Dave is right. We maybe failed to pick up pieces that we're really going to diversify our attack, right? Where we have uh, some players that are... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I Sure, it's great that we have players with experience like the Lowe's and the Tauruses and the... Per, per, uh, I say it like I'm uh, what Perea, but uh, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say I was gonna say per- Perea, but I'm, I can pronounce it. It's Perea. Uh, you know, Andres yeah. is incredible, but is the manager and and the top that the front office have have they failed to maybe look at what everybody else is doing and how they're counteracting what we have done over the past year or two, perhaps? And I don't know. I'm I'm really intrigued to see what other movement happens. Obviously hard to see any outs and honestly if i'm kai or i'm or if i'm jose martinez mm-hmm. <laughs> with the, <laughs> the summer transfer window maybe not a bad idea <laughs> for them to to maybe eject just speaking out loud i don't want it to happen but this is not a great start i'm sure not building a lot of confidence in the locker room speaking of uh dishing out if you see us on tuesday i'll be dishing out some of these stickers from across the pitch but real quick um I, you know what's funny? So a lot of people online are mentioning the continuity, how that's a problem. This team's not getting better because of the continuity. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna make a comparison because you see, you guys grew up as soccer fans from the beginning, right? I grew up as a basketball fan first and foremost. I played soccer when I was younger, but I was always a basketball fan. And in college basketball, in particular, continuity is what wins you championships. If you look at most title contenders, they have continuity. Even if you look at San Diego State in the Aztecs right now in the tournament, they have about four or five players who have been there for about three or four years, right? They have continuity 
but they've trickled in little players like Matt Bradley came in from Cal last year. He's now back for a second year. You have players like Ladie and Tramel from Seattle, and I forget where Ladie's from. They're transferred to the added in a boost. Think of them as Torres and Perea. Think of Bradley as Michael Ua. They have the continuity, Bedoya, Kai Wagner, Glessens, Ellie, and then they have these pieces added in. In basketball, that's I that's dreamed about is that level of continuity. But what makes the good coaches different from the great coaches is that the great coaches know how to adapt. If you're playing a game and you need to, a defensive stop, you switch to a zone defense. If you're in a zone and you keep getting burnt by pick and rolls or from deep, then you switch to to, to three point or to man on man. There's ways to get your roster and adapt it to what's around you. That's what coaching does. So when people say this continuity is why we are now no longer the best team in the league anymore, I don't think that's the answer. It's the way it's being used. Because I think, Dave, you mentioned, right? If Matt Real, if Kai Wagner is out of the game, then who's going to play left back? Matt Real. If it's that predictable, and if Matt Real is clearly no more than a serviceable left back, then why is the coaching staff not able to make the same changes that an NBA coach or an NCAA coach would make? You change the formation, you change the rotation, you change your rotation to to conform to the players that you have. That's when you go for three in the back. That's when you go for whatever you want to do to make it different. That's my basketball rant for today. Jose, I don't think I'm, – I'm not confident in Tuesday at all. And to answer your question, Valerie – I don't know. It's early. I mean, we did get a point. If you want to find silver line, let's look at the silver lines here, guys. I'm pretty optimistic, right? So we got a point at least. We got, you know, we got a little further the standings. We did get a shutout. Blake, although was not kicking, they said it was more precautionary than anything. He looked very sharp. I thought Blake looked good. Um, that's their silver lining. But otherwise, Dave, do you have any confidence for Tuesday? I don't know. I think. I will say yes, probably because this union, again, it's been poor, but I feel like the, this union team over the last two, three years probably, you could argue, has deserved to have that faith and trust in this team. And I know we're sitting here ranting and being, being annoyed by, and about the level of performance and things such as that, but like, I know it's six games in. I mean, 20 games time, the union could be top of the Eastern Conference and flying again. Who knows? But it's just, at the moment, there's just no inkling or like there's no little spark that you look at in this team, you think, yeah, if that one thing could just click, they'll be they'll get going again. Because just there's no, you say it's just it's just yeah, it's uninspiring watching you at the moment. Like it feels like it's a task having to sit there and watch the games. Like it's just even like the <laughs> Chicago game. Like you're playing against ten men, you bring off as I said, you bring off your striker and you sort of go with five in the field instead. And sort of like why don't you go for three up front? You know, play like a four three three. Go with the three. Go to three at the back and be more attacking, like be yes. more adventurous. And I think, as you were sort of saying about the rotation, it's just about catching teams off guard. Like, you know, when teams look at when teams around the league look at the lineups, like LASC, like the last couple of games have changed their front three a few times. They've made changes at the back. Like when teams come to expect to play the Union, they literally know what the team will be, player for player. And of course, that like last week's game against Orlando was a bit of a, a red herring because it was international duty. Yeah. You had a lot of players away. But like teams know exactly what to expect when they're going to play the union, and like again, it'll be as Jose sort of said, like how what does Andres Pereira have to do to start the game? Like again, like if you're Hassan Jose, and you're going to come. We know Flat's going to play, and Matt Real's obviously out injured, so we know Matt Matt Real's going to play there. Flat's going to play there. They're going to be a lot more defensive on the left. So if we, you know, we pack the right hand side, which we know where Adi Badoy likes to get involved, we can do that. And if Jim Curtin, you know, goes in his lineup and goes, okay, we'll play Andres Pereira on the left with a bit more of an attacking spark there. And then that then makes them think, okay, we've got, we need to adjust to that sort of thing. Or, you know, if Jim Gerson plays a four, two, three, one and he has Ali and he has it, you know, you have Torres, Carranza and, um, Gazdag all behind, um, Bekerua. And again, it makes, makes you think it makes teams think, you know, okay, we weren't prepared for that. Now how we're going to have to try and adjust to this in game, see how they play. But it's just the same thing over and over again. So, you know, Managers and teams will prepare for exactly how the union will play a week, and when they come to the game day, the, what they prepared for has paid off, and they have seen how the union and what they, during the game plan that they have set out for 
in their eyes will hopefully work or pan out because it's exactly what they've worked on a week and the union have literally gone out and rolled up the exact same thing with no tactical changes, no real, you know, you know, do you know what I mean? Like it's the exact same thing. The union will sit back, they'll defend, they'll try and catch you on the counter attack, they'll let you, let you dominate possession. But teams aren't even that aren't coming there, coming to Philadelphia to do that anymore. They're coming in to sit in deep. They're trying to you know, bait the union in to like, try and overcommit men forward. You know, they're, they're keeping players back. They're trying to keep the union pinned in, and, uh, and trying you know either trying to keep the union pinned in or they're going to try and make the union try and dominate possession and break them down, which the union can't do. And it's just that they're caught in between at the moment, especially at home again in Montreal. We saw that the union as the game went on a bit more, they start to click and things start to go their way a bit more. But I mean, at home, it's just been a bit of a slog. I'm going to actually just, I just forgot about this because it's Sunday night. We're not going to be recording tomorrow, obviously. And then we're not going to be talking again until after the Cincinnati match and after the Atlas match. So before the night gets away from us, let's go to the Cincinnati match real quick. Essentially it's union one versus union two. Um, Pat Noonan has always seemed to be have his team prepared against us. I think at the playoff match last year, the game against Cincinnati was the one I had the most fear with. Um, they just seem to play us very well, and they also come out with a very strong intensity, which I'm wor- very worried about right now with this Philadelphia Union squad. So <clears throat> I'm going to start the predictions, the betting predictions right now. Union will lose in Cincinnati 2-0. to zero. They are not going to score a goal against Cincinnati, not the way they're playing now, and I think we'll get embarrassed at, uh, at Ohio 2-0. Goal scorers, I don't know yet. I will pick that out later. Jose, I'll ask you, do you have the same level of confidence in Cincinnati to beat the crap out of us on Saturday? Uh, I, I think Cincinnati's going to take a big old dump right on our chest. Honestly, it's, it's, it's going to be – I think it's going to be really bad. Lucho Acosta is no joke. He is he is a baller. And if I recall, and, and rumor has it right, uh, I think he was actually the – uh, not afforded the the possibility. I think a, a transfer a couple of years ago was lined up when he was at was it? Yeah, he was in DC. Uh, PSG wanted him, so tells you the the level of of talent that that guy has been and was at one point. <clears throat> so I think that we actually lose three nothing against Cincinnati. I think Brenner and Vasquez and Vasquez is a, a huge target internationally right now. I think he's going to put in two uh, just because our defense looks shambolic at best right now so three nothing uh vasquez with two goals and why don't we give brenner one uh, i think it's just gonna be a mess not looking good dave go ahead you told me right now the union will come away from cincinnati with a nil nil draw i'd take something hand off again like with what it's cincinnati have started the season i mean they've looked solid uh i mean apart from that one Apart from the three-three draw in Chicago, they aren't conceding goals either. They're looking very stout at the back. They're not. Yeah. What's in your cup? <laughs> What's in your cup, Dave? What? <laughs> not just water. Just just, just, just water. Nil-nil <laughs> 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 against. Cincinnati no, 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 no. I don't think Cincinnati. it will. No, oh, no, I don't think it will. But I said if the, if you offered me a nil-nil draw right now, I would snap your hand. Oh, off, but, if uh, you told me it was zero-zero against Cincinnati, I would bite my arm off right that's now what for I mean, it. They're, they're a team that again. That's what. Again, they're a team that they stick with their five at the back, but it looks very looking at the, the, the formations and the teams they've played, they've retained their team up, they're changing from a back five to a back three. So, in some games, you know, they're playing with more intensity, they're playing with Ray Gaddis and their left wing back, sort Ray of more Gaddis. like midfielders, like right and left sort of defensive midfielders that will push on. But then again, they're rotating their team, they're showing that they can adapt. Um, but like, yeah, like. It, they, again, like they look, they look good defensively. Uh, they've only conceded in two games this season as well, so far, and they scored eight goals. I mean, I, 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 probably a two-nil defeat. I'm thinking the Union, if the Union could go in, perhaps one-nil down at half-time or even level at half-time, I think you'd take that as a win. And perhaps you know, but again, you're playing against a back five, and what's the big thing about a back five? Which always these teams get caught out. There's no, there's overloads in the field. They have plenty of width. They play with lots of width. So again, the union playing with a very narrow diamond is going to get caught out with the width, especially they're going to struggle to, to deal with the wing backs and then the, the three in the field. Um, again, yeah, it's going to be interesting. That might be, who knows, perhaps we might see a back three or back five against FC Cincinnati. Uh, you know, perhaps if I drink more hard enough, I might believe that more. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> Devo! <laughs> but like, it's like, <laughs> that, it's just, again, sometimes you have to match your opponent. You have to, Either you have to, you know, that's great, and then you you stick to your system. That's great. You stick to your guns as a manager. I I do believe you don't listen to your fans. You stick to your guns, whatever. But like, 
sometimes you have to match up your opponent. If they play a back five, you go with the back five and you try and match them up man for man and try and frustrate them, which is what they should do. But again, against uh, Kansas this weekend, the Union really should have gone for it. They should look to their opponent. And sometimes, you know, team managers will say, you know, um, don't, you know, don't play to your opponent. But sometimes you have to look at your opponent and go, okay, they're not the strongest team. Let's go, let's change it up. Let's go for a full, let's play with width. Let's go for a full, full three, three or like a full two, two, do you know what I mean? Go, ahead, go, no, go finish up. Finish like up. a four-two-four or something, and just be more aggressive with things. Experiment, my God, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 the b- bottom of the barrel type Let's of see, player. Valor's drinking. She posts a little martini glass. <laughs> <laughs> we go against the Kansas TV team that is the bottom of the barrel, and we do nothing innovative to to try to figure out something new, right? And you know, let's let's take a second. And Mike, I know we're running out of time, but let's just take a minute here to talk about the series of event that we're, the events that we're about to embark on, right? Tuesday, we oh, have the God. game against Atlas at, at, at Subaru Park. Right. Then we go to Cincinnati on Saturday. Yes. Then on Wednesday, we trek to Mexico to play against Atlas. That since Tuesday's game is pivotal because I can't see us escaping Cincinnati with anything. At, <laughs> as Dave said, at best, a uh, a, a tie ideally a win but i just don't see that so if we go to mexico to play atlas on wednesday april 12th after losing three nothing that doesn't bode well so tuesday is going to be very important for us and that's why i thought saturday was so important for us i thought because that would have been a game that would have been the get right game as i put in the betting the boys in blue which none of us hit on by the way we all missed our bets pretty pretty obviously so um i thought that that was gonna be the get right game i thought they were gonna come out and to your point dave you look at your opponent and you cater your lineup to your opponent i i I know i know basketball and and soccer are different sports but they are very similar in a lot of ways and i I look at that and i say man that you see what's in front of you they're turning the ball over like crazy right the union were getting the ball back the defense played fine that's when you say, okay, so we're we're retaining, we're, we're we're regaining possession, but we're not retaining possession. How can we change our formation or the players in the formation to then counter that? They didn't do it. So, to your point, Jose, I'm going to cut off here because I have to just end my night now at this point. Um, it is a, a upsetting draw between Kansas City and Union zero zero. On Tuesday night, Dave and uh, Jose and I rather will be there in the stands, 140 loud and proud, and we will be cheering them on for the first leg of the CCL quarterfinal. Um, and then we will be back on Monday, the day two days after the Cincinnati match, to see whether we are licking our wounds or maybe the season's turned around and we look great. We'll find out. Dave, any final comments or thoughts? I think again, I'm say. I wouldn't say it's the season's finding the finding week in terms of, I mean, again, it's a long way to go. I mean, I don't be funny. I mean, do we really think the union are going to win the CCL at the start of the year? Probably not. But I mean, like you just would like to, you know, see something from this team. Like again, I think we sort of said it before the season, like we saw how poor we were during that stretch during the, uh, probably from about like mid April to like the middle of June when the union were in the CCL yeah. and they looked very, they looked very similar to the way that which they're playing now. I mean, I guess the only thing which perhaps is slightly concerning is that the union were getting in the positions to create opportunities. They just weren't shooting. They were literally just, if the chance to shoot was on, they literally passed it. I think we saw, um, I think it was Ali Bedoya had like a Ben Simmons moment in one of the games in 20, Yes, uh, he passed it back to the ball. In 2021, that she was except three <laughs> yards out. You know, just, just shoot and he passed the ball back and he didn't score. But like, Again, like they're not even getting in the positions to create these opportunities. And the fact that the union's best opportunity in the game on uh, against Kansas City was a, a bicycle kick in like <laughs> a bicycle kick was is ridiculous and no, no disrespect because a team that you know has, didn't really even pose an attacking threat themselves it, for, for large periods at least anyway I think Kansas, I think Kansas City obviously did have some spells where they did sort of have the Union pinned in a bit but like they just there, sh- there just needs to be more and I think at some point I, I, I think it needs to be addressed and hopefully Jim you know Perhaps it's someone that Jim's working on, and hopefully, you know, perhaps Jim is seeing this. He's trying to get the players to work through this, this slump, and fingers crossed, you know, perhaps even if even if it's solid, you know, one nil win, even if a lucky one nil wins, you know, somehow managed to luck their way into a win on Tuesday night, that could then kickstart them 
you know, and give this team a, bit, a massive morale boost because I think, you know, you look at the other win this season at Chicago, which they got lucky to win that game as well, and they're very lucky that they was reduced to ten men because I mean, yeah. against eleven eleven, they could have really lost that game. I mean, they look you know really really shaky at the back, and that shakiness and defensive inability carried over into the following two games. So I mean, yeah, there's obviously a lot to clear up, and obviously Jim can say you know it's a confidence thing. For now, because again, we're early in the season, and there's like, the, like the team's lacking confidence. But when you get to 10, 15 games and these issues are continuing, that's when you start to panic and you have to perhaps put your fingers on the panic button. Jose, final thought? I hope Tuesday goes well. And honestly, I think we're at the point already that <laughs> everything is one game at a time, right? I don't know. I don't know that, you know, we really can be feeling as confident as we did last year and the year before. Uh, and maybe that's that was all a fool's errand. Who knows? But I, I look forward to seeing you on Tuesday. Hopefully, no traffic getting into the stadium, no cars on fire on a bridge or anything like that. Just smooth, <laughs> smooth sailing into Subaru Park for a win. Amen. Well, as they said in uh, my one of my favorite movies, "Remember the Titans." Right? Attitude reflects leadership. Well, this team's got a lot of veterans. Uh, a lot of games play between this squad, so let's see where this attitude and this confidence comes from. Where Ali Bedoya, Andre Blake, Jim Curtin, they better step up and change the atmosphere in that locker room because right now, I wouldn't want to be inside that. So that's across the pitch on our Sunday night special. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Hey, you knew. <laughs>